Then Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your amazing love, for your perfect sacrifice in life. Thank you for hearing our cry and coming and saving us, redeeming us, something we could never do ourselves. Help us to grow closer to you, to grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ and grow in your truth today. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We've been learning that believing and following Jesus which are mandatory parts of the successful Christian life, are really much more than just going to church or, or saying uh, the prayer of salvation or simply believing that Jesus is who he says he is and that he exists. True belief and true followers, true believers and true followers, I should say, are those those in a personal relationship with the Lord. John 17.3 says that knowing God, the Father, and His Son, Jesus Christ, is the meaning of eternal life. There is power in right believing. Revelation of His payment, of His grace, of His love for you, will produce right living in your life. Effortlessly, unlike legalism and religion. A holy life is a byproduct of a fruitful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That relationship will bring about the abundant life that Jesus came to provide us with. The grace of God is limitless regarding you. And it will make you love Jesus so much, love the Father so much, that it will teach you, just like a, a child dependent upon their parents, it will teach you the way that you should go. His peace will be an umpire in your heart. His word will be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. When you trust in Him and follow Him and practice His ways. According to Paul's instruction to Titus in Titus 2, 11 and 12, God's grace will teach us how to live godly lives. Set apart from this evil world. Unless, of course, as Roman, um, Romans 2, 4 Describes unless you show contempt for the riches of his kindness and forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. It's the goodness of God that brings repentance, not the law. Amen? Amen. Y'all got to encourage me every once in a while, or I'm just going to stop. <laughs> 
So basically, we've come to learn that while we're traveling on this, this journey through unfamiliar territory, it's wise to follow behind the one who leads us, isn't it? To follow closely. Not just follow, but to follow closely is what we've come to learn in the last few weeks, right? Because that space will leave us vulnerable to all sorts of temptation that we don't need. And so we follow closely behind the one who leads us through this crazy world. And when we allow the Holy Spirit to be our guide, we are following Jesus. You see, it's the same. And the sooner we learn to trust and agree with him, the better off we are, aren't we? Amos 3.3 3 says, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? I love that scripture. And some of you say, yeah, well, as soon as he agrees with me, then we'll walk together. No, it ain't going to happen that way. He's already perfect. He's already got a perfect plan, so we have to come up to him, don't we? So just as a lifelong journey with another person requires agreement on the, on the route and the destination, so it is with our relationship with Jesus. Tavana and I have been married for quite a number of years now, thankfully, and we have learned to agree. And the more closely, listen, fellas, the more closely I follow Jesus, the more sensitive she is to my leadership. And she has learned by my love for the Lord to trust in that leadership and to trust in Him leading and guiding me and correcting me. Because I submit to His leadership, His love, and His correction. And on the other hand, she's indispensable to me. Her ministry to me. Without her encouragement and love, it would make my calling even more difficult. And honestly, we, we went through some of those times getting to where we are now. Trust me, God's way is better than anything you can come up with. I look at Sam and Garrett, awesome young couple. They are, they are, they are doing it right. They, they've got it down. I mean, you know, Manny and Matt, I mean, you know what I'm saying. They've been married what a year and a half now, so they got it down for for a year and a half. You know, this isn't no easy thing, but they're doing a great job. And you know what? I think that when Tavana and I really got on fire for the Lord, we knew that this pioneer work we were doing was going to be hard. And it, it has been. But it's getting better all the time. And see, the fruit of that is you being watched. You being watched. And, you know, Samantha, she, she's, she's spoiled. We spoil her on purpose because we love her so much. And she kind of likes that. 
But when she was really young and she was really immature, she based our love on the things we would give her. You know? That's how she judged it. It's not that way anymore, thankfully. She still likes the nice things, and she usually gets them. But even if she doesn't base our love on that, she she bases our relationship on that love. That's what she. That's 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 the foundation. That's what she needs and wants. The other stuff she'll she'll get over or not, you know. But she's learned to to come into to to trust in that love that we have for her, no matter what. Amen. And the same with her, her husband, Garrett. She, know, she doesn't doubt his love for her. Amen. And she needed someone like Garrett who spoils her and tells her no. <laughs> My point is, as we mature in our relationship with the Lord, we learn to trust in that love that he has for us no matter what. We're not going to get everything when we want it, what we want, how we want it. But there's no good thing he will withhold from those who love him. So we just trust him. And we grow a relationship based on that. What I want to talk to you about today is something that Jesus talked about a lot. Something he expects from his followers. And I'll tell you that I believe true believers who follow Jesus closely will mature into the, the Christian that we're talking about here today. Naturally. As a byproduct of the relationship with the Lord. Just like I'm saying. They will become his disciples. How many of you would call yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ? Are you afraid? <laughs> let me help you. Let me let me give you a definition that I found of disciple. One who accepts and assist in spreading the doctrines or teachings of another. In this case, Jesus Christ. I found another one. Vine's Expository Dictionary, which is a great one if you're in ministry, says the Greek word mathetes, the word they get math from, means a learner. And so from the root math, it indicates thought accompanied by endeavor. Vines goes on to say it like this. Here's, a disciple was not only a pupil, but an adherent. Hence, they are spoken of as imitators of their teacher. How many of you would call yourselves a disciple of Jesus Christ? Right. Amen. If I have my way, you're going to be. <laughs> because I love you, and so does he. 
Luke 9.23. And he said, Jesus said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And then from Luke to Matthew, another witness, he said in Matthew 10.38, Jesus said, Whoever does not take up their cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Jesus would kind of just hit you right between the eyes with stuff. It's the truth that will set you free. Now, to Matthew's neighbor, Mark, 834. Then Jesus called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And then back to Luke 14.27, Jesus said, And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. He just said it all over the place. Let's look at this for a minute so you have proper understanding, okay? I, I see some of you thinking about going to Home Depot and get the lumber you need to build a big old cross. Not necessary. It has been done. <laughs> Self-denial is an important part of the Christian life, no doubt. Jesus sacrificed his life for us. It's important that we never forget that. And because of that, he demands that we die to ourselves. Why? To punish us? No. Because his sacrifice wasn't enough? No. It's nothing negative at all. I'll be honest with you. Instead, it's because he loves you. It's because he loves you. And because he desires to be in the relationship with you that I always talk about here. We must deny our flesh our old stinking thinking and our selfishness so that we can know the benefit and the blessings of the new life that He has provided for us. When we die to ourselves by humbling ourselves and trusting God, not ourselves, for salvation, then every day for the rest of our lives, we deny our own wisdom and seek God's wisdom and direction for whatever part of our life or whatever choices it is that we're trying to make. This is the day of your salvation. You only have to do it for one day. Today. As long as today is called today. <laughs> he gives you enough grace for today. So don't let it overwhelm you. It's only for today. Every day. <laughs> but remember our motives from Balaam? Anybody? Man. Y'all are something else. 
lesson so you don't slip off into religious acrobatics here. We only deny ourselves for the purpose of exalting Jesus Christ and His will for that area of our life. Does that make sense? Some have made a religion out of self-denial. They take pride in their denial. The Pharisees and the, and the Sadducees and those guys of Jesus' day, they took great pride. Oh, I fast two, three times a week, and I tithe even of the, the mint and the dill from my garden. And they, they took great pride in all this self-sacrifice. It got them nothing from God. Nothing. Matter of fact, Paul condemns it as what he calls will worship. Colossians 2.23. We're told not to deny ourselves only uh, to get something, for to be seen, you know. If we deny ourselves and, 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 for, for fasting, that's just a good example since we're there. If we do it, we should be doing it for the true benefits that come from denying ourselves, denying our bodies, because we, we can hear God better. We can grow closer to God. We can prove to ourselves that we're not dependent upon anything except Him as our source. And lots and lots of good can come from that. But if you do it, just so everybody you run into, Oh, I'm just fasting today. i got three days to go. You know, that's your reward. The Lord says, that's your, okay, you chose, you chose to be admired and respected by men for this. Instead of me, so that that's what you get. That's it. Nothing from me. <laughs> but we're told not just to deny ourselves, but what? To take up our cross and follow Jesus. The cross is what Jesus died on. And we have opportunities every day to die to ourselves. Not not by sickness, not by poverty and strife and divorce and all these ugly things that are from the devil. Jesus paid to redeem us from all that condemnation and guilt, sickness, craziness. But you will suffer persecution for following him, for being associated with him, for living for him, for for sharing with others his teachings and doctrines which make you his disciple, you will be persecuted. If you haven't been persecuted yet for your faith, then you need to check your faith. can't stress how important it is just to, for you to think about these things that we're talking about today. So many just get into the mode of, of, of being what our world calls a Christian, just going to church and then back to your life and, and all that. That's not what the Bible says about Christianity. Jesus has called us to be his disciples. How many of you believe 
got another question for you. How many of you believe that you can be like Jesus? Because all I ever heard in my life was, well, you know, I'm not Jesus. You know, that used to kind of be a funny thing, you know, when you're out on the street, you know, and say, Jesus might forgive you, but you're mine now, you know. In other words, we, we don't expect to have to hold, be held to that kind of standard. You know, nobody could live up to that. And you won't ever be, be honest with you till you see him. But you should be trying. You should be allowing him to live through you because that's what he sincerely desires to do. If you don't think you can be like Jesus, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a step further. I'm going to tell you, really, you already are if you're born again. The word says this, whoever keeps his word, in him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in him. The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. Or live as he lives, I think the NIV says. Matthew eleven twenty nine. Jesus said, take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. And you will find rest for your souls. It's not a hard thing. And then in John 13, he started off talking to the disciples on the night of his betrayal. And he tells them, I've set an example that you should do as I have done for you. Remember when he was washed their feet? I didn't come to do it all so that you could just go live however you want. I, I came to, to, to do what you couldn't do, but then for you to follow my example. And to empower you to do it. That's the most important thing. That we don't rely on our own strength and ability. That'll just lead to pride. And then later frustrations. When you fail, let him do it. His shoulders are broad, and his love is amazing. First Peter 2.21, Peter said, To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example. There it is again, that you should follow in his steps. Oh, my God. You want me to be like Jesus? <laughs> yeah. I sure do. Find something wrong with him. Show me something he did that you can't do. Nobody's asking you to crawl up on the cross and die. He did that. God turned his back on him. You don't have to do that. He did a lot of things so you never will have to. But the life, the life of love and peace and joy and power, that's what he's asking you to embark upon. And it's doable. Matter of fact, it's the reason you're here. It's the reason you were born. To set aside your selfish ways and to take up his life 
continue on. 1 John 4, 17, This is how love is made complete among us, so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. As He is, so are we in this world, the King James says. Right. right now, if you belong to Jesus Christ in your born-again spirit, which is the one-third of you that's already completed its salvation, you are identical to Jesus Christ. You have the very mind of Christ living and dwelling on the inside of you. All of the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control of God abides in you. And you will grow in that, in your natural soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, and this flesh will follow along the more you come into agreement with what you have because of what he's done, and you practice it. Jesus told them, those lepers, as you go, you will be cleansed. Some of you just need to get going on the route that God has told you to go, and you'll be amazed at the things that begin to happen along the path. Remember, it's the narrow path. Take that one. Only a few ever find it, Jesus said. That's sad. The road is broad that leads to destruction. Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Enter through the narrow gate. This narrow path, this narrow gate. He's not making it sound simple, he's, he, but he's, it's, it's very doable. It's just the one that's not filled up with all the good time and buddies and friends sometimes a little lonely because there's only a few sojourners on that path. But it's the only one that leads to life and peace and eternity with, with the God of love and light and love. Can you imagine eternal darkness? heard a testimony of a man who went to hell one time and he said he's just he was just there he was just there and it was forever and he said no one ever came to see me in the bar rooms we used to joke about going to hell you know having a beer there with everybody else that was going. That's wrong. That ain't happening. All alone, on fire, and lonely and dark. But God is the God of life and light and love. And He has a sincere desire that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers and that none should perish but that all should come 
to know the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. Amen. Amen. The fact that you're here means you're you're doing good today. Remember today is the only day that matters. Call me tomorrow and I'm going to tell you today is the only day that matters. We are like Him right now so we can't say that we can't do like Him. We can't be like Him because we are like Him. We need to come into agreement with that. We need to exalt God's truth and God's word about us and who we are and what we can do more than we exalt the words of man, of doctors, of lawyers, of bankers. Don't let your checking account lie to you. Speak to it in the name of Jesus. Do what God says. He's got a plan for every part of your life. Just come into agreement with Him and head down that road. Trusting Him because it's exciting. These adventures in grace are the most fun, exciting adventures you could ever imagine. And he's there with you every step of the way. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Why do we not fear when we're going through the valley of the shadow of death? Because he's with us. The comfort is in knowing that he's with us no matter what we go through. He hurts with us. He laughs with us. He loves with us. But you can beg God and plead with him to do things for you that he will never be able to do for you because he's given you the power and authority to do them yourselves in his name. And he expects you to use that authority. He wants you to. Besides being persecuted for our relationship with the Lord is something we have to expect and be able and deal with in our hearts and minds so that it doesn't throw us off course and so we don't fall back in the world to try to blend in like Peter did that night. But we'll also have to always contend with our flesh as long as we're alive in these bodies. Not the sinful nature, it's gone. God's nature has moved in, but you still have this flesh and this old corrupted mind that was trained wrong for all these years. Probably still is. More hours than not in the day by what we listen to and look at and all that sort of thing. This is the only truth you'll ever know in this life. You need to put this before you more. I listen to it in my truck. That's a I mean, there's so much technology nowadays. It's just so easy to do if you want to do it. I say we, we do what we want to do. We have all kind of excuses, but we do what we want to do. But it's good for you to hear God's word. Put it in there. Have something in your heart and mind that will compete with these claims that the world and the devil makes that are lies, that are ever before you. You're going to have a constant battle between your flesh and your born-again spirit. 
Galatians 5.17 says, For the desires of the flesh, not the sinful nature, like I said, but the flesh, are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Our cross that, that we must bear is to take God's word, which is his will, and exalt it above our own will in every situation that we face each day. That's your goal. You have to stay close to Jesus to do this, just like we've been talking about for the last three or four weeks. He has to be first in your life, in your mind, in your heart. And that only comes by trusting in Him, by letting Him establish a track record of His faithfulness and love. He will never disappoint you. And the more you come to rely upon that and see that that is true, the more you will trust in Him. And the more important He will become in your life. And He will be the first one that you run to for everything. Whether you're celebrating or mourning. Listen, many people want God's salvation, but they're, they're unwilling to let go of things that stand between them and God. We're not fools to give up things that we can't keep anyway to gain things that we can't lose. Matthew 28, 19 says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Paul said, he was, who was he talking to? The Corinthians? He said, you know, while, while many of you ought to be ought to be teachers by now, you, you still have to have milk. <laughs> In other words, I'd like to move on and move into things that are that are more spiritual and, 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 and uh, will help us to, to grow and to help us to help others, but I'm still having to, to raise you up. That's what Paul said to them, not me to you. You guys are doing great. But just in case there be any of you that that might identify with Paul, what Paul says, hey, catch up, catch up. <laughs> it doesn't take that long. I'll be honest with you. Somebody can sit in church their whole life and a new convert, a Christian baby, can catch on fire midlife, catch on fire for God, and in six or seven months, that will be a spiritually mature Christian and that one had been in church their whole life is still doesn't even know the Lord. So don't think God left you behind. Plus, he'll take all that stuff that the world tried to kill you with and he'll use it for the good now. He'll take your mess and make it a message. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm here to tell you. This is the truth. Luke 14, 33. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he has, he can't be my disciple. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of what you're going to give up. You say, well, Jesus told that rich young ruler to go give away everything he had. <laughs> I'm afraid he might do that to me. Really, you don't have that much. And 
Second of all, he didn't do that to everybody. He only did it to him. Why? Because he that was his God. He had a problem with that. Jesus was trying to help him. If he would have given it away, look at the harvest he would have reaped. Because you can't outgive God anyway. It's impossible to know everything that following Jesus has in store for you when you make that decision. It's impossible. He's not going to tell you everything up front. But don't be afraid of making a total commitment. Once you make that decision, then Christ begins to live through you. And then you will find a strength that isn't your own equal to whatever task he sets before you. I have experienced it time and time and time again. It's supernatural and it's wonderful when you know you're caught up in it. You can feel it. And there's nothing more rewarding and comforting than knowing God is working in your life. The times that you know that he's right there in your path, those are rewarding times because you know you're right in the center of God's will for your life at that particular time. And the next time you start to get discouraged, all you have to do is go back to the last point in the path where he was there and you know he was there. And then just continue on doing what you think he told you to do and he'll make the course corrections as you go. But if you're sitting in the dock, you can turn that ship's wheel all day long and that ship isn't going to change directions. You have to get going. You have to get going in what God told you to do. It's a word called surrender. And it's scary to most of us because it means we're turning loose of our our free will that he gave us. He's not going to make us because he gave it to you. He will protect your free will all the way to hell if you make him. But he wants you to turn it over to him. Take your crown, set it at his feet and say, you I love that song, Jesus, Take the Wheel. Yeah. Martha, <laughs> Jesus, Take the Wheel. Every time she gets in the car, Martha says, Jesus, Take the Wheel. Y'all look at her necklace before you leave. <laughs> Somebody made her one, and it's got all that in there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it easy on y'all today because I got... If I start on the next part that I want to talk to you about, it's uh, it's going to go and take uh, it's, uh, steal some of Garrett's birthday party. So I want some cake and uh, <laughs> I want to try to hula hoop today, maybe, and play in the jumpy thing if I can. <laughs> Y'all give Chris a hand clap of praise. I, I love this young man so much. one of the Lord's disciples right there. He's doing a great job. Father, we want to thank you so much for this word today. Thank you for impressing your truth upon our hearts and helping us to understand the meaning of discipleship, the real meaning of following you and believing on you. Teach us about this relationship that you crave with us. How 
much you love us and how much you long to be the center of everything to do with us. Help us to learn to trust in you and to surrender every aspect of our lives to you. To turn loose of what's in our hands so you can give us what's in your hands. Which is better than anything we had before. Help us to see that we're not losing anything, but we're gaining everything by trusting in you. Thank you for loving us so much and being patient with us as we learn to grow in this relationship and to trust you more and to seek you out, to seek out your truth and your teachings and your life and to be courageous and confident to share you and your truth with others as you desire us to do. We know that you will complete the good work you have begun in us and we thank you for that. Our trust is in you, Lord, and we know our lives are in good hands. You loved us and saved us when we were yet sinners. How much more now that we belong to you do you love us and protect us and provide for us? Thank you for all the peace, love, and joy that we will ever need in this life. Help us to draw upon the things that your word says are already in us. Your life, your mind, your fruit of the Spirit, your character. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord, everybody. The uh, Today is a special day. It's Garrett's third birthday, and I know Melissa's invited everyone. So let's sing happy birthday to Garrett. And who knows, we might do it two or three times today, but I know uh, we love that young boy. And uh, he's been raised up in this church. and. We know God's got great things in store for him. Garrett, of course, Garrett. Come here. Okay.